0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, I came to let you know that Jesus, during this Advent series, we stop and acknowledge that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Say that with me. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. One more time, really good and loud. We all know what we're about to say here. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And everybody wants peace in their life. And we're gonna talk about the coming of Jesus. That's what Advent is. It's it's recognizing and acknowledging the coming of Jesus, not only Jesus in the manger, but that Jesus is coming again soon. You know, in the middle of all the challenges that the world faces, the social, societal um, challenges that we all face. And look at all of us being so sweet, running around with all of our little different solutions, trying to fix everything. And, you know, I just have to imagine the Lord says, I'll bless their hearts. (laughs) And then at some point, he's just going to step up off his throne. He says, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to set everything right. Thank the Lord for his good gospel. Of peace. Let the rulers rule and the people rage. But let me tell you one day, our God in heaven is going to step foot on this earth. And while he came as a pacifist, a man of kindness, and he turned the other cheek and he allowed them to crucify him. He said, you didn't take my life. I laid my life down. But one day the Bible tells us in the book of revelation that he is coming back, riding on a white horse as a conquering hero, a conquering Lord, our Messiah. The Bible says on his thigh and vesture, it is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And let me tell you, every single King in every single nation will bow before him because he rules and he reigns. Aren't you glad that Jesus is going to come back and make everything right today? And we need it. We need it because, let me tell you, life is good, life is good, but life is challenging as well. Does anyone look at circumstance in the world and say, God, what is going on? God is going to go fix that. See, that's the thing with conflict. Conflict is never fixed and solved until some, there is never peace until someone steps in and brings the peace. Why can't we all get along? Well, that's a really nice sentiment, right? Because we are never just going to all get along. There'd be a thousand people and all you need is one person to keep us from all getting along. And so this is what has to happen in your family In your family. Somebody has to step up and bring the peace See, a peacemaker is not the nicest guy. The peacemaker is the one that steps up and says, listen, I'm in charge and we're bringing all of this stuff to a conclusion right now. Maybe you had a problem with your kids in your house. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure we don't have problems with our kids in our house, but at some point there's a mother or a father somewhere that has to step up and says, listen, this business is gonna stop right now. Man, I hated it when my dad would say, Don't make me pull this car over. I told you about the time my dad pulled the car over. Uh, he was pastor in South Florida, in South Florida. We were on the busiest intersection in all of Miami. And my brother and I were fighting in the back of the car, young teenagers, fighting in the car, because he got on my side of the car. (laughs) It's a really problematic backseat. The good back seats have one stripe right down the middle. That's a very clear demarcation. Of, who, of which, where the territory starts and where the other ter- territory ends. And obviously I was South Korea, my brother was North Korea. He got on my side and so I fixed it. And next thing I know my dad pulled the car over and told us to get out of the car and finish it. And we got on the side of the road and we were hitting each other on the side of the road. And he sat there patiently. Either we were going to break or the police were going to come and arrest us. We get looked at each other. He said, this is the stupidest thing. We got back in the car. He looked. He said, are y'all finished? We were like, yeah, we're finished. And he drove off. He brought the peace. He brought the peace. He didn't even have to do anything. Hey, did I tell you about the time? Did I tell you about the time in the play area in the mall? Oh, man, these, these are great places. Padded floors. You know, you got these jungle gyms jump on. They look like eggs and bacon or a dolphin or, you know, you know what I'm saying? And the kids were running around. Blake was just a little guy. He, he, he couldn't even walk, but he could crawl. So we'd let him run loose. And McKinnon was in there looking sweet. And Courtney was running, you know, controlling everything. And then there's this other family. There are multiple families. I mean, it was like a pack of kids in there, you know. And uh, there's this kid that was bigger than everybody else. was just picking on people. And I looked over, and this guy had little baby Blake by the head, lifting him up off the ground. I thought, what's going on? I looked at Courtney. She's just kind of watching it. Courtney, if you're watching, come on, baby, what was that about? <laughs> and I looked over, the dad sitting right next to me. He's watching the whole thing. And I'm like, Courtney, come here. So I called Courtney over. I said, baby, don't ever let anybody mess with your brother or sister. So you go fix that. And I said it enough so that the guy next to me could hear it. And so the little kid picked Blake up again, and Courtney looked at him and said, you put my brother down. I mean, just like that, I remember, you put my, she told him off, and uh, she brought the piece f- for a second, for a minute. The kid, he kind of went away for a little bit, but when Courtney was off, he's back over there again. And so when he came back, and I'm like, all right. Now it's my turn. So I looked over at the dad. I said, you control your kid or I'm going to control you and your kid. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it got real good, real quick. The enemy of our life will terrorize us, will torture us, will attack us will do war against us in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, in our body. And you know what? So many of us will cooperate with it until we allow the Prince of Peace to rule over our play area in the mall. Unless we allow the Prince of Peace to bring order. See, peace is not brought when someone says, you know, I'm gonna put a flower in the end of a gun. Peace comes when the biggest, baddest peacemaker shows up to bring the peace. And let me tell you, there is nobody bigger and there is nobody better than our almighty God. And we declare at Christmas, how's that for a Christmas message? At Christmas, he rules and he reigns over, not just my life, not just your life, but over everything in this world. 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah, prophesies one of many prophecies about the coming of jesus christ in fact the bible wow what a collection of documents some would say that this is written by men the biblically faithful church the orthodox church the historical church the bible itself says that these words are god-breathed inspired by the holy spirit So many prophecies that match exactly with the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Mathematically, it's almost impossible. It's the, the possibility of one man fulfilling all of those prophecies has to make even the greatest skeptic stop and say, wow, this is an extraordinary man and an extraordinary moment in history. Let me read this prophecy to you. In Isaiah chapter nine, verses six and seven, Isaiah, the prophet is a prophet to the Southern kingdom of Israel. Here's what he said. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, almighty God. Everlasting Father. Say this one with me. Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. What do you mean? Why why does it say government and peace? Because he brings the peace and he uses his government to do it. Thank God. Aren't you thankful for our government leaders, for political leaders? The ones you agree with and the ones that you disagree with. You know, it is wonderful. Look, we got problems in the United States. There, there, there are people There are people that are good people that legislate poorly or have good legislation but legislate it poorly. There are people that are well-intentioned that have bad ideas. And you know what? There's no one in this room that could possibly lead that would get everyone to work together. You know that. But let me tell you that a government, like, like the church, and like so many other pillars of society, like family, is ordained by the Lord. Let me ask you, could you imagine what America would be like with no government? Just stop and think about that for a second. Who's the guy that you hate the most? Who's the woman that you hate the most? And well, we should hate no one. Who's the one that you disagree with the most? Now stop and think, what would it be like not to have government you know there's some people that don't want to be led by anybody they're called anarchists anarchists actually they it's not that they don't want to be led by anyone they just want to be the one that's leading let me tell you it's a good thing that you when you have government it's a really good thing when you have good government and the people are blessed is what the bible says but even the best leadership that you could possibly have is deficient compared to jesus and so when he comes to bring peace it's his rule and it's his reign. I love how Dr. Tony Evans describes it. He describes it like a football field. He says, there's, there's a one team going for one end zone, one team going for another end zone, and they're working by the rules of a third team. That third team is called the referees. They aren't a football team. They're another team from another kingdom, from another world. They're called the referees, and they are asserting their government on that field. Let me tell you, our God, with his government, will come and bring peace. And let me tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be the rich. It's not going to be the poor. It's not going to be the young. It's not going to be the old. It's not going to be the Republicans. It's not going to be the Democrats. It's not going to be the undecideds. It's not going to be somebody from some other government in some other place. Listen, Jesus rules and reigns over all creation and over all time and over every space and every person. There is nothing that is not under the dominion of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to walk you down through some sequences here as I just finish this passage. The Bible says his government and its peace will never end and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Now, think about what we just came through. Not so long ago, I just was speaking about Caleb taking the mountain and how that he, uh, he, 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 he claimed that mountain, it was promised to him, and then he went and took that mountain from a giant He asserted dominion that had already been given to him. Listen, dominion has already been given to us when we were created. The Bible tells us, gives instruction to men to go and take dominion over the earth. Don't just let life happen, but you assert yourself on your family, on your workplace, on your skills, on your time. You know, bring yourself to the game for the glory of God. And so Caleb goes and takes dominion of this mountain called Hebron and he does war there to take back what belonged to them and then this would become the place that David would sit up his set up his throne for seven and a half years and then right here in this prophecy written by another person at another time scripture says that he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. God organizes all of history in preparation for this man, Jesus, who will set up his rule and his reign. Now, it wasn't Mount Hebron that Jesus ruled on. At, you know, he, 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 he was crucified at Golgotha. But let me tell you, he will rule from the throne of David for all eternity. And then listen to this, the passionate commitment of the lord of heaven's armies will make this happen jesus is the prince of peace and there's no stock market there's no prison there's no rule not even nature not even gravity not even conspiracy not even coalitions not even cancel culture not even a school not a mayor or president there is no one on earth that can stop what's coming and and this is the thing about advent yes christmas is about a baby that was born but christmas is also about a cross that killed that baby who had done miracles turned the water into wine and raised the dead for all those things he was put on trial and placed on that cross christmas listen without the crucifixion there would be no shedding of blood without the shedding of blood there would be no forgiveness of sin and, and you know, if it hadn't been for the resurrection, the sacrifice, would, it would just have been another man. But Jesus could not be contained by a grave. He resurrected. He was seen by many witnesses, including witnesses who had denied him that would go on to die for him after they saw the resurrection. He appeared to some 500 witnesses and he ascended and they watched him as he was rising. And then they were told, why do you stand here gazing into the heaven?" Get busy, get busy. Pathway Church, God is bringing peace through his son Jesus and we are his brothers and sisters adopted into the same family of God that Jesus is the only begotten son of. We are the family of God. He is bringing peace and he is using us today. Aren't you thankful today? So I want you to think about us like this just for a second. God's kingdom will rule. And right now we are ambassadors. This place is an embassy of God's kingdom. And so this is a little taste of heaven, but at some point it's not going to be just a little taste, but we're going to get the whole enchilada. We're going to get the whole thing. God is going to come and set everything right. Have you been abused? Have you been hurt? Have you been mistreated? Welcome to the family. Because there's nothing you face that Jesus didn't face himself. He comes to bring peace. So let me give you a sequence of truths today about the Prince of Peace. Number one, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Number two, when Jesus was born, he came. When he, at Advent, when Jesus was born, at the incarnation, when Jesus was born... As he grew, Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and increased in favor. When he came, he came to offer peace. When he died, he came to offer peace. He didn't come to make us do something, but he offered something to us. I love how Soren Kierkegaard shares it. And I've shared this story, story about the prince and the peasant girl. Do you remember me sharing this story? You, you gotta go read it, Google it, it's very short. Soren Kierkegaard, he talks about the conquering prince that comes into a village and sees this beautiful woman. and You, you, you remember me telling this story, right? And, and then he realizes that he can't just go and ask her out on a date as the prince who rules over the land because out of fear, she would have committed herself Because what would have happened if she rejected the king? He could wipe out the entire village. So in order for him to capture her heart, he comes back as a peasant himself and wins her heart and asks for her hand in marriage. And then he says, I'm going to go prepare myself. And after they've fallen in love and she's given her heart to him, he goes back and he comes back in his royal entourage. And she's like, what's going on? And he said, I'm the king of this place. And you're the queen of my heart. And this is what Jesus did for us. He did not come to make us do a thing. When he came at first in the incarnation, he came to offer us something. And it's up to us whether we choose that. Aren't you thankful for a Prince of peace that gives us the opportunity to receive him with no street, you know, just he offered himself to us. So when Jesus came, he came to offer peace. But when he comes back, Jesus will win the peace. Say that with me. Jesus will win the peace. That's the third thing. Jesus will win the peace. Now to bring peace when he comes again, and this is the thing about Advent. In my heart, it's not only about singing Christmas songs and talking about this wonderful baby that came, but it's about saying Jesus has come, but Jesus is coming again. So if we knew that the Messiah was going to be born in a manger and it was our, it was our manger, it was, it was our stable, it was our property, wouldn't we have prepared the stable to receive the baby? In fact, we prob- if we knew who Jesus was, we never would have allowed him to be born in a manger. Because if we knew who he was, is there anyone here that would not have given up your own room, your own house, wouldn't you have done, wouldn't you have sold everything that you, listen, if Jesus came to stay at my house, I would spare no expense to do everything I can to ready my property, to get it right, to make sure that he's treated well. You know what? If I was able to have people over, I would have them over to meet my King. Wouldn't you, is there anybody that wouldn't do, wouldn't do that? Well, Jesus is coming again. And if the baby is who he says he is, when he comes again, not only should we uh, prepare our stable and prepare the manger, shouldn't we prepare our hearts? That's the question. The question is, how can we know that Jesus is coming yet not sweep the manger not clean the house, not prepare a way for the Lord to make him welcome in our homes. Yet for some reason, we have other gods in our houses. So many of us today, I'm afraid, even here in the church today, we are not ready for the second coming of Jesus. Prepare for the prince of peace. South Haven campus. Prepare For the Prince of Peace. To all of the pastors at Pathway Church, how could we go on doing ministry and not be prepared for the Prince of Peace? Mothers and fathers, how could we see the Prince of Peace and not do everything that we can to ready ourselves and ready our children for the Prince of Peace, who one day is coming to set everything right? And how dare we Talk about how he's going to set things right. And we don't even see ourselves as the object of the things that will be set right. It's not only the things that we have issue with, but it's ourselves And anything in us that opposes God, let me tell you, God is an enemy of those things and he wants to make them right. My prayer is that we would clean our house. Our prayer is that we would invite God in our house and the Holy Spirit into our home and our family so that he would bring healing and revival and restoration and renewal to us. God, won't you save us? Won't you heal us? Won't you cleanse us? Won't you forgive us so that when you come, we would be ready for your coming. Is there anybody here today says, pastor, you're talking to me. I want to be ready for Jesus when he comes. When he comes, he's going to come again to win the peace. And the fourth sequence in this sequence of truth, the fourth truth is that he conquers, or that, that when he brings peace, Jesus conquers everything that asserts lordship over his creation. Now, I don't like to cause conflict. But let me tell you, in that play area, that was my baby boy. And those were my kids. And you know, if I saw abuse and I said nothing about abuse, if it was your children or some other stranger's children, but especially if it was my child and I was too weak of a man to step up and do the right thing by my children, something's wrong. It was nothing for me to step up. And let me tell you, it will be nothing for God to step up and set at liberty, those things that are captive. And I'm talking about your life and my life and our neighbor's lives. You know what? He has already provided for that in the atonement. So how can we sit here and allow abuse to go on in our lives, spiritual abuse? Uh, uh, How can we allow other gods to come and oppose the working of God and just sit? Listen, God is going to depose every other king in every kingdom that asserts rule over God's people. He conquers because he rules and reigns over everything and everywhere. And if he was afraid to deal with an issue, he's not really God. I know that we've made Jesus out to be Soft. And listen, he is kind and compassionate. He's moved. He's moved. He is a tender God. He's tender. But he's very strong. And that's what makes him so good. You know, some people are tender because they're weak. And that's their only tool. That's their only option. But our God is strong. He sits on the throne. He doesn't ask he rules, he asks for our hearts now, but he will have his worship. He rules and reigns over everything. Pastors sound like he's a dictator, well I mean he is. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. You don't vote on Jesus we need a recount. There's only one vote. There's only one vote. You don't have the vote. Jesus isn't going to recount. He doesn't second guess himself. He just knows all things, has all power, is everywhere. The greatest thing we can do is recognize his lordship over our life and go ahead and bow to our God and give him everything. He's been so kind and so generous. Let's get on God's side so that he can war against the things that, uh, that, that oppose him and oppose his creation. The reason that he wars is not because he hates, but because he loves. Why do you fight? Why do you fight? I fight because I love my children i love my family i love my church why did you make that call because i love you why would you say that because it's important that you hear that god has called us to repent of our sins because he loves us And I tell you this because I love you. I would be a terrible pastor if I opened up this book and came to the inconvenient places and out of a sense of compassion, I didn't tell you what God has called me to tell you. Not only would I not love God by being obedient to him, but I wouldn't love you if I didn't tell you the things that the word says. That's so mean. No, it's not mean when a doctor tells a patient that he has cancer, that's a good doctor. Because a good doctor will identify the problem and then will bring the correction. God conquers because he loves. Because he loves us too much to leave us in bondage to other rulers. That's not nice. We've got the wrong definition of nice. I thank God for people who have served our country. Who have laid down their lives people in our own church. It's an honor for me to have been a pastor of gold star moms who have lost their children in war. Oh, that's a terrible thing. No, a terrible thing is when good men do nothing in the face of evil. And our God will not fail when it comes to confront evil in this world or in our lives. Here's the truth about the work that the Lord has done, is that all of creation has been freed, liberated, emancipated, delivered, and has access to peace. There's no one in this room that has not been freed by God. Are you in bondage? It's not because of God. It's not because of God. You're like a bird in a cage with the door open. You're in the cage, but the door is open. You're in the cage by choice. You're in bondage by choice. God has come to free you. The Prince of Peace has come to bring peace to your life. Peace. Freedom over death freedom over hell, freedom over the grave, freedom over addiction, freedom over ideologies and vain imaginations that exalt themselves above the name of God. Freedom from self, freedom from abuse, freedom from hurt, freedom from sickness, freedom from death. What is the thing that terrorizes you? You have freedom and peace from it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet we seek something other than peace. We seek to be our own God. We seek to have rule over our own life. This is what C.S. Lewis calls hell, to rule over ourselves. Let me just share some of the things that C.S. Lewis, who is, you know, he was a friend of Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings. C.S. Lewis writes, the Chronicles of Narnia, he also writes, Mere Christianity, so many, as a great theologian. Deep thinkers, men of the word. Here's what he says about hell. He says, there is no doctrine, which I would more willingly remove from Christianity than the doctrine of hell, if it lay in my power. But it has a support of scripture and especially of our Lord's own words. It has always been held by the Christian church and it has a support of reason. He says, I willingly believe that the damned are in one sense successful successful rebels to the end and that listen to this that the doors are locked the doors of hell are locked from the inside why would God send good people to hell oh people have chosen that he says the choice of every lost soul can be expressed in the words better to reign in hell than serve in heaven there's always something they insist on keeping even at the price of misery He says, a man who was merely a man and said that sort of thing, said the sort of things that Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him the Lord and God. But let us not come to any come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher he has not left that open to us in the long run he says the answer to all those who object to the doctrine of hell is itself a question what are you asking God to do to wipe out their past sins and at all costs to give them a fresh start smoothing over every difficulty and offering every miraculous help but he has done so on Calvary to forgive them they will not be forgiven to leave them alone alas I'm afraid that is what he does. God has come to give us peace. The question is, will he, we receive the peace that he has already offered? Are you thankful for God today? Can we just bless the Prince of Peace who has come to be God's life? I want to pray for you today. And so if all, over all of our campuses today, you'd bow your heads with me right now we prepare at Advent for the coming of Jesus. And I'm giving you the opportunity today to allow the Prince of Peace to rule and reign in your life, to take control. There is no preparation for Christmas if it does not include the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.